Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Drive podcast with me, your host, Cherish Amber. This episode is a little bit different as I am thrilled to be welcoming Ben Dunks back to the podcast. Ben has spent the last couple of years writing one of the most incredible books I've ever had the privilege of reading. Um, I've been supporting him a little bit um, as he's come to the conclusion of it and it has now gone to print um, and is being published. This book is more needed than ever before in our lives and it's about intimacy and sex for young men aged 16 to 22. I will put all of the links in the description below and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Ben. Hey Cherish. How are you? I'm very well and really excited to be talking with you today about intimacy. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to do a little bit of background around um, the book, not your place, it's be up to you to tell about it. Many of you might not know this, but the reason that I got into um, men's sexual coaching is because it's a strong belief of mine that if people from the age of 14 could understand their own pleasure and their own um, sexuality, things like interrelationship rape wouldn't happen um, and people would be able to say no. So when you came to me telling me you were writing this book, there was a little bit of like a holy fuck the stars have aligned um because you've from my belief is you've taken all of the drama you've kind of taken the part of the for the masculine for the men you've um unmasked it for people for the first time in our lifetimes um that's so quite, that's quite a big that's quite a big call <laughs> i do really truly believe that uh-huh. so tell us about the book Okay, so so the book is called Intimacy, a guide for young men about sex, and essentially there are, there are there are a whole range of reasons why I've, I've written it, um, but it's a real response to the the amazing amount, extraordinary amount of um, of sexual assault that's happening with young women um, within relationships um, with within intimate experiences with young men. Uh, and it's in response to young men being absolutely dumped into um, the void between the ages of 16 and 22 in terms of their sexual lives. They are, and, and young women, that, you know, we've got the first generation in history to have grown up with 20, access to 24-hour porn. And as a result, their understanding of what sex and intimacy is is, is completely skewed by their experience of porn. On top of that, they are endlessly shamed for watching porn, probably by people who watch it themselves and are feeling the same sort of shame that, that society is placing on everybody for watching for watching porn. And this kind of this combination of of uh, the only teacher in their lives about sex is the porn that they're watching, because parents have have abandoned them, because you know parents th- these are the first parents in history. Who are parenting young young people who have access to twenty four hour porn? Yeah, you know, and and for some of these parents, they might not have even seen their first porn f- film or or even magazine until they're in their mid twenties, um, if even later. They they don't they don't understand. They don't know how to to um, police it. They don't know how to. They don't know what to do about it. And so for for the vast vast majority of them, they just avoid the conversations. And they also are hugely held back in their own sexuality. Exactly. <laughs> so absolutely. Have and no idea what no they're idea, doing. No idea what they're doing. So, so this this combination of of uh, education by porn that what what is being seen is what intimacy is or what sex is when they're when when they're having sex, and and you read a, a number of books that are interviews with with particularly young men, sort of uh, university age. And they intellectually understand that it's not what real sex is, but there's also studies out there that show that if you, you know, if you watch it enough, you may well intellectually believe that you're not being impacted by that, but actually it, it goes in and you are impacted by that. So then, so on top of this, the shame these young men are getting, they're also now because we have this um, horrendous deficit model of young people 
and have had for a long time in our society but just this assumption that if you're young you're problematic or you're you're difficult or you're you're you know you're a criminal in waiting well these young men are now all essentially wearing the wearing the, the brand of being sexual predators in waiting and uh there's nothing out there to to um counter this all these narratives so i thought that i should write a book about it mm. to, to counter these narratives mm. so i wanted to write a book that was straightforward that had information for these young men that meant that they got answers to questions that they probably didn't even realize that they needed that they had questions for mm -hmm. uh, and that gave them a guide in terms of what intimacy was and what what a sexual experience was so that and, and the, the, the premise over the overriding premise of the whole book is um, for these young men is if they focus on the pleasure of their partner while they're in an intimate experience with them then uh, that that idea in itself will counter all the narratives that they've been taught by porn so porn teaches them that that they need to be sorted out that that their female partner is there for their pleasure and, and that's it and they're, they're, there is no idea about focusing on their partner's pleasure I'm not so I'm, I'm sort of generalizing all porn here and I'm sure there's there's porn out there that actually doesn't do this but but the majority does so so the the premise of the book is basically focus on your partner's pleasure and um, you're going to have an amazing sexual life and an amazing sexual future. Uh, if you don't focus on your partner's pleasure, um, then you're kind of falling into this trap that, that, that is being set for your future, where this idea that you are um, just going to be sorted out by your, by your partner um, and your partner has no, no pleasurable experience in, in whatever shared experience that you have together, um, that's, that's kind of the, that's, that's where everybody's falling into that's the long version <laughs> or maybe that's the short version um and th th there's this idea that um also this idea that seems to be across kind of across our society that bad sex is normal like a having having just <laughs> just uh kind of rubbish sex with your partner as 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 part of your life is normal or transactional that, it's transa yeah, bit, transactional yeah. yeah but but also that I, I just this this amazing idea in my head of why isn't everybody just having great sex? Because mm. uh, actually, really, it's not that difficult to have a really fantastic time with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Focus on them; they focus on you. You have a you have a shared experience together. Uh, it's not it's not difficult. You you have some conversations. You you explore with each other. You have um, thoroughly pleasurable time. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of people out there having just really crap sex yeah and um that's not necessary no so the, so the book's in two halves first half uh is small short chapters some of them are page long some of them are two pages long um there's about 50 of them i think yeah um and they're just they're just kind of talking very plainly and very clearly to um what uh what i think is the information some of these guys need so um you know one of these chapters is there are two rules: consent and safety, and that's that's it. Everything else is is um, you know up to up to you to to explore. But really, there, there are two rules in terms of intimate experiences. Um, you know, if you want to have incredible sex with someone, you're going to have to learn to talk about it. And that's I've got a chapter in here about these young men talking to their parents. Yeah. Um, you know, because actually, parents have to become a part of this these conversations. Um, sex isn't finished when you when you're finished. Sex is a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. Just these kinds of conversations. Yeah. So just just trying to give a sense of information a sense of a sense of ideas of of what happens of of how how they can approach partners and and themselves yeah um and then the second half is actually how to how to focus on your partner's pleasure yeah and how to ensure that your partner's having just a thoroughly amazing time yeah so yeah that's the book it's taken me about four years to write um uh but I've particularly sort of doubled down on it in the last year or so. Mm -hmm. um, I have an amazing cover uh, designed by um, Amber Hope Evans, uh, amazing, fabulous graphic designer. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously the whole thing has been gone through with a fine tooth comb <laughs> by you, Cherish, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why we're sitting here. Um, so you know the book intimately. Uh, no pun intended. intended. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, that's where it's, that's where it's come from. 
I think it's so important, isn't it? If you sit, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you can imagine a full how-to on every question you probably had around sex when you were growing up, imagine how you'd be now if you had that back then. Like, just for a second, just have a have a moment, pause this, whatever you need to do if you're driving, maybe not, but really have a think about if you, someone had told you that what foreplay was or is that you know that it's okay to ask for what you want it's okay to listen to what someone else is one of my favorite parts in the book and it's such you you might not even know this my one of my favorite parts is watch what happens to someone's skin when you start touching them I have used that so many times and it's such a beautiful way of looking at it right because you're so right and so many people don't know that but it's it's something so subtle and I think that's what's also woven throughout the whole book is subtlety of intimacy and also the really big fucking stuff like you know like it like use a condom you know like it's really important that you it's not expect it's expected if you know what I mean Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not quite right language but like it should just be common occurrence that everyone uses protection, mm. right? And every stand, unless you're with a long-term primary partner, you know, different conversation. So it's, yeah, that's that part has been so important, the subtleties of intimacy. And yeah, as I said, think about when you were growing up, 14, 15, 16, because let's face it, the age of sex is getting much younger, you know? what? How would your sex life be now? How would your intimacy be now with your partner? That's I think one of the most powerful things. Yeah. And and so so I I wanted to sort of start at sixteen to twenty two really for, for these young men. Sorry, I know, I know, the, the, I know. No, that, that's yeah. and because because that's when that's when you know we we're all starting to to really get yeah. um, inquisitive. Yeah. We may not have sexual encounters when we're sixteen, but we're starting to be, be be much more inquisitive about what's going on. And and we can you know and parents we can avoid those conversations as much as we like or pretend that you can pretend that your 16 year old isn't thinking about sex or isn't isn't having sex or you can as much as you like but the reality is they are i mean it's just this is this is what we're biologically designed for mm. so so rather than sticking our collective heads in the sand um actually let's talk about it let's actually have this conversation the um there, so you're just talking about the, um, the that skin idea. There's all these other basic things of. So in in the beginning of the uh, the second half of the book is, if you're going to have an intimate encounter with somebody, um, and they're coming back to yours, you know, is your <laughs> is your place tidy? Are your sheets clean? Yeah. You know, have, are you showering regularly? Have you cleaned your teeth? You know, are your nails clean? Um, did, is your place somewhere that looks like? somebody would be happy to get their gear off and get intimate with you or they're going to look at your place and go if I get my gear off I'm going to pick up some weird disease that's off these sheets that clearly are filthy and haven't been washed in weeks so this is I make a very broad and possibly unfair generalization about about heterosexual straight white males at the beginning that that, you know there's there's a sense of of some of these basic hygiene things of that if you're going to be intimate be clean so I just, I just wanted no, to no, no. So, but do you know what's really? Last time I was here, you showed me some videos of the like dad tricks. What is it? That guy on the on YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right. Basic dude stuff. Basic yes. dude stuff. Pat Mac. You know, we are facing. We are in a position where there are a lot of people who are not taught the basics of how to be a man. There is, you know, because of society, and this is so much bigger topic, and it's not a topic for today, but like. Society kind of says that um, the mum will stick around and the dad won't in lots of ways. I'm not saying that's correct. I'm not. So if you're a, a you know a man growing up or a boy growing up, and perhaps you don't have a huge ma- masculine um, input in your life through whatever reason, um, how are you taught to shave? How are you taught to you know look after yourself? How are you taught to have three flannels for the shower? you know, because women don't see things the same with, you know, the biologically different and that's completely okay. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. So how are you taught to be a man? 
regardless of you know if we were if we're being super open regardless of what gender you were born as how do you how are you taught to be a man as you grow up does that make sense mm-hmm. so like so interesting so interesting and so needed and so not happening no, no. you know well and well so so in terms of the this this group of young men and this this guy that i i in in seeing the the amount of um assaults that are happening on young women and, and feeling that there had to be some some sort of writing out there or, and I'm sure that there are some websites that are out there that are that have some information on it but I've, I thought that there should be a book I just couldn't find one and, and the guides for sex and intimacy basically kind of come into two camps there's a there's the teenager one which is sort of designed for up to 16 17 year olds but a lot of them are they're kind of like textbooks they're, they're, the design of them is is sort of primary colors and for, for me it feels like sort of primary school colors um, and it's not for a 17 or 18 year old male they're not going to read that they're not going to pick it up but the other um, area of books that are available in terms of sex are for adults they're mm. for adults that have that have spent a couple of years um, exploring what what their sexual life is and there was this complete gap where where young men were were um, for four young men in terms of books that guide them and a lot of these books about sex and about about intimacy are written by women mm-hmm. so that they're although some of the the adult guides are written by men but they're very much uh, um they're not designed for for first timers or they're not designed for no. for young men who are trying to find their way forward in the world so let's kind of not beat around the bush let's kind of get down to some of the nittier parts of of it and what the kind of what you touched on right at the beginning of it um so i want to kind of talk about the porn and what we talked about uh-huh. and i'm interested to go on that route because it's sure. something that's so important and it's a big part of my work is a big part of the work i you know i'm dealing with at the other end i'm dealing with porn habits when they're not telling their partner moving on to addictions because that's a different kind of fish at the moment yeah. have you read the syllabus for sex education in the uk I haven't actually. So sixteen pages. Okay. Between twelve and sixteen pages, depending on which parts you want to take, which appendices you want to look at. One paragraph. One paragraph on porn. Wow. And one very short paragraph on pleasure. The fact that sex within between two people can be for pleasure and can be enjoyed, right? Right. The rest of it is about STIs, what not to do, the fact you can die from gonorrhea, you know, all of that. So exactly like you said, the 24-hour porn is crazy. The fact that, as you mentioned, you sort of gave voice to, but it is scientifically proven that you will need harder and harder porn to get off as you get, as the more you watch it. It's scientifically proven to be addictive. Everything's addictive. I'm sure there's someone listening to this right now going, yeah, but everything's addictive. Carrots, they're addictive. Yeah, fine. But you're addicted to the dopamine. Okay, so you get addicted to dopamine. We all feel huge amounts of dopamine and and all the beautiful hormones that we feel when we have an orgasm and come. Tie that in with what you're watching. It's addictive, yeah? Absolutely. So we are starting people off in this world from the age of, we'll, we'll call it 16, with an addiction. Right. If that was drugs, this would be a very different conversation. If it, if it was, in fact, cop porn is a drug. If that was some of oh, this sixteen-year-old addicted to crack, we'd be having a very different conversation. Yeah. But it's not. It's visible and it's this internet stuff. How? What's your viewpoint on that? I'm interested. You touched on it. Where are you at with it? You know, and also, what was your experience with porn growing up? My experience with porn growing up is I, I saw the first the first porn film I saw I think I was 20 okay uh someone had some some porn mag magazines when I was 15 16 but that was it that was mm. the first one that was mm-hmm. the first time um uh so so there's this interesting thing of in my head so I'm, I'm really super aware having written this book and, and done a lot of reading research around it is of this sort of also the shame that's associated with watching porn yeah so f- f- there's there's an element in my head that that's I don't really have a problem with the porn itself. No, I have a problem with the algorithms. Yeah. Um, and then I have a problem with the business of it. Yeah. And those those algorithms, as you're saying, pushing people into watching harder and harder, more physically violent um, porn, but also 
pushing, and I've talked about this in, in the first chapters, pushing um, younger and younger female mm-hmm. um, females in the porn that, that people are watching mm-hmm. to a point where um, I have no doubt that there's there's a lot of porn out there that's on the free-to-view that's actually underage, going to be underage and under yeah. duress yeah. performers. At the end of the day, there are a lot of school-age people on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and also the fact that it's a known thing not to wear a school uniform, you know, all of that. Yeah, that's all fat by porn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so um, it's and it's this sort of these 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 ten minute clips. There's there's a particular chapter in one of the first chapters in 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 the first half of the book, kind of going through these these bits. There's a ten minute clip because it's basically ten minutes, and and then you can sort yourself out. Um, these clips where the males are just getting sorted out. There's there's little to no focus on any female pleasure. There's no there's there's very there's no subtlety. Mm-hmm. There's no um, sense of ex- exploring elements of pleasure because it's it's a ten minute clip, mm-hmm. and so it's just you know there's particular shots and that, and that's it. You know it's it's some um, it's kind of a minimal. Mm-hmm. Minimal viable product in terms of, of what they need to show to get you on there for ten minutes mm. to to then feed you to feed their algorithms. Um, it's so so this is kind of where where I'm I'm at with it, and it's just once you then start to use porn to get yourself off, mm-hmm. you will then start to to challenge your your own nervous system. You need harder and harder stuff to get off. Mm-hmm. Um, then you come to having uh, relationship, you know, physical intimate relations with somebody live. And suddenly you're so used to getting off to, to porn, you're mm. not gonna you're not gonna have the kind of pleasure that you should be having with somebody who's live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this what just our world is awash with it. Mm. But it's also this 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 it's not just porn either. It's in it's in you know sex is in so many movies are about sex. Our ads are about sex. Our um, you know, print ads are, 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 are sexualized. Yeah. TV ads are sexualized. Yeah. There's the, the sexual um, sex scenes in movies. The 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 um, our world is awash with sex. Yeah. And again, significant percentage of people are having bad sex. Yeah. And but also it seems to be part of the the narrative of the conversation is that everybody's having bad sex. So let's let's put sex on into everything to sell it. So it's something, sorry, something else has just popped into my head about porn and about the violence of porn. Mm. And so this is also seems to be what's happening um, with a lot of relationships that I've read about, uh, a lot of intimate relationships. Sorry, where where a pair, a couple are having having intimate relations, and then suddenly the guy starts strangling her, or just starts slapping her mm-hmm. in various different ways in various different places, completely un. Um, announced, uh, unconsented, uh, and really violent. Mm-hmm. Hair pulling, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. They, they they have become quite standard in in most of this porn. Yeah, which means that these lads who are who are watching it, yeah, are seeing this and thinking, okay, so if I'm in a, if I'm having sex with somebody, then part of having sex with somebody is strangling them, or pulling their hair, or slapping yeah. them around. Um, and that's just, and that's part of where these assaults are coming from, because these guys aren't getting information otherwise. They're not being told that's not normal. Yeah. Apart from their girlfriends in the middle of a sexual encounter when they start slapping them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just profoundly wrong. But the challenge is that the, these guys aren't being told otherwise, or so maybe sometimes they are, but but the or, or the the information isn't readily available or or isn't being seen by them. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm in no way excusing those actions because because people don't know that no, it's it wrong. Um, but this is a this is a massive part of the problem. Yeah, and again, one of the reasons why I've written what I've written. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard, isn't it? This is I think we're in a real situation with this kind of very interesting vicious circle, right? So people are scared to have sex because things like assaults happen. Uh, assaults are happening. Yeah. Um, so then people aren't sure what to do in real life so they're relying on virtual realities not a VR headset but virtual realities to understand more because their body is telling them it's time to help start having sex you know you know they've gone past puberty they're ready you know they're getting turned on at different things you know by the sex sex selling everything around us you know 
even in all of our sitcoms and you know com- comedies and stuff, it's, it's everywhere. Yep. Lord of the um, not Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones. Yep. Like, come on, like <laughs> what? Yeah, Game of Sex. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. So it's this horrible, vicious circle, and there doesn't seem to be anyone, anything, and there are pockets of people everywhere, and also people who are like, no, we're doing it better, we're doing it better, which is of course we're creating again, adding to the problem. So what I think is really powerful about book the book is it feels like it's putting a flag down it's almost drawing a line in the sand it's agreeing that what's come before is is a mess for everybody because let's face it like we have empathy for everybody in this situation no one's winning the only people that are winning are the porn industry right yeah absolutely because they're making hundreds of millions of dollars and pounds and i found out recently that that it was the porn industry who created the internet of a massive part of creating the internet okay. basically because there's no way of selling porn at that point anyway yeah so what's really powerful and what's really beautiful and why i think this is going to change so many lives and i i stand by that to the till the day you know is that this is drawing a line in the sand as i said it's accepting what's come before is not okay it's accepting it feels like it might be the best kept secret if you know what i mean it'll mm-hmm. be the book that everybody including you know 50 year old men have by their bed that they don't tell people about because the way you've written it the way you've drawn it out some some parts may be relevant to some people you know making sure you're washed and clean may not be really relevant to a 40 year old man to all 40 year old men yeah. but some of the bits will be so relevant to people of all ages. And, you know, and I want everyone listening to li- to, to get this, to read this. And I want everybody to send it to their um, female friends and relatives. Right. Because I also think it's incredibly important that women read this. Because there are things in there that no man is readily willing to tell someone. Right. There are so many questions out there. And I'm just like... I feel I'm quite lucky. I've been doing so much training around it. <laughs> yep. that I have I have to understand it. But like, I bet you, if you if you took this to ten women out on the street of a varying age, they would learn at least ten new things because the information isn't out there. Right. It's not out there. Your experience as a man is not out there. Right. Because yes. of everything we just spoke about. Because it's not okay to ask questions as a man. And then we get onto the whole other thing of the mental health, you know, masculine mental health in this country which is and the world, which is just appalling. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I'm, I'm interested to hear, was there any kind of big revelations that you had while writing it that you, sounds like there was loads, but what was probably the biggest one that you went, oh, fuck, this is massive. The, in terms of writing When you were writing it, doing the research it. for it. Um, uh, I... I think it was actually just continually being shocked and surprised that this book hasn't been written already, mm. um, and um, feeling a lot of responsibility then in yeah. terms of writing it. Yeah, he. Um, feeling quite scared about putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my my history isn't in writing about sex, mm-hmm. so. Um, uh, but feeling it was really profoundly important yeah. that actually that, that at least someone, me this time, but someone has written something that might help. Yeah. That that will that will and I've and I've discussed the book with maybe a dozen people so far, um, mostly women, and everybody has just has just talked about how important and how necessary it is. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. Um, not one person has has uh, been negative about the idea. Um, I've had half a dozen proofreaders, mm-hmm. ranging from yourself mm-hmm. through to um, uh, quite high end medical professionals mm. who have um, who absolutely love it, mm. and, and who also have uh, boys in the same age range, and and the, the boys are reading it now as as um as part of the part of that kind of conversation mm. with her. Um, everybody is is talking about how necessary it is. Um, so I think that I was continually shocked that that I was checking every couple of days whether somebody had uploaded something to Amazon um, about that was essentially this book, but yeah. their version of it and nobody had. So yeah. here it is. Yeah. Um, and and I really hope somebody does. Yeah. 
somebody else does because I think the more voices that are that are talking in this way is the better yeah um, I don't think it should just be me talking about this I think I think it should be as many people as possible talking yeah. about it from as many different points points of view you know yeah. I'm a I'm a white heterosexual yeah. middle class male um, so uh, that's and that's the point of view that I've that I've written it from so it yeah. has to come from other points of view as well absolutely um, but but yeah I think that was it really um, and kind of and wishing I had this when I was 17, yeah. 16, 17, 18 yeah. as well um, so it was kind of writing a guide for myself for then but then also this this really interesting kind of realisation particularly in the last couple of weeks of actually um, how kind of privileged I think I, I now understand my naivety was at that age okay. um, because I hadn't had access to 24-hour porn. So being naive in, in exploring my first couple of years of, of sexual adventures um, was actually quite a privilege. Mm. I, didn't, I hadn't had, you know, 10 years of, eight, 10 years of, of watching hardcore porn before I, before I started. Mm. So I didn't, you know. I was fumbling, and so were the, so were those who were fumbling with me. Yeah, you know, we're all fumbling, <laughs> we're all fumbling, <laughs> we're all fumbling together. But it was actually a naive, and actually, I think a really privileged naivety. Yeah. Um, just kind of coming back to your, you're talking about the the um, sexual sexual education, um, twelve to sixteen pages worth. Mm-hmm. This is one of the. This is one of the. You know, again, I talk about this in chapter one, section. Sorry, part one. One of the chapters actually might be part of the introduction. That sex education has. If sex, if sex education actually talked about pleasure and actually talked about how fantastic intimate relations with yeah. somebody can be yeah. um, and actually really framed it in a, in a actually why we, we should all be having fantastic sex as opposed to don't have sex. Yeah. I think the don't have sex oh, obviously God. makes people want to have sex. And, and the, then feel shame about it. It's just, shame, oh, God, yeah. then on the shame journey we go. And which, which also then makes makes um, makes us take more risks. So it makes us take more risks in terms of our safety, not just not just in terms of wearing condoms and, and sexual safety, but our environmental safety, our emotional safety, all these things. We take more risks because we think we're doing something that we're we're not allowed to. So if we were if we were if sex education was captured in a way of of pleasure and moving towards pleasure and it's fantastic and and an allowance for one of the better word for everybody to do it mm-hmm. i don't think we would have the challenges that i think we, that, no. that we have I, I am in wholehearted agreement it's it's so important and it's going to take a wholehearted shift and i think it will take the rest of our lifetimes to change, yeah. if not many more, yeah. but you know it it has to change. It has to change because I will be really honest and say that there has been lots of times in my lifetime, especially in my teenage years, where I was like, "Well, I'm just supposed to lie here and take it," right. because that's what I've been told is correct, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it shouldn't just all be on the man. It should be on the woman. And I think that's that's you know the right direction I'll come at it from another point another time and place but it's not if it, it, it's a pincer movement pincer movement from both sides and both sides are understanding that there's pleasure both sides are understanding that sex doesn't end in a cum shot both sides are understanding that vaginas like you know vulvas labias are all different sizes and shapes and sizes and colors and hair and hair density and you know those things and they're all penises are different shapes like the one of, this is such a little bit of a change of thing, but one of the things that blows my mind, right? right. When you were in the womb, <laughs> right, right? Did you go, I need a nine inch penis that's the girthier than a girthy thing on a girthy day, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I didn't go, I need perfect upright boobs as a fetus. Right. I didn't go, I need perfect upright boobs that never sag and I need my vulva to be perfect and have no outy bits. Right. No, no one did that. Right. <laughs> no one did that, right? And yet, you are beaten like to a pulp verbally if you don't look a certain way. Mm. Again, porn yeah. has caused yeah. that, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Porn has caused that. I'm fine. And the society, but like, that's so hard. You know, it's so hard. People are in this 
going through life going like, oh, I'm not right. Because yeah. it's not a weight, you know, there's, th there's different things here because there's not a weight thing, right? It's yeah. not the same as weight, yeah. I don't believe. It's like saying I wish I had a different shaped head. Yes. It's like saying I wish, you know, I wish I had, you know, longer fingers. No one does that. But apparently we're all supposed to have, um, a man's supposed to have a nine inch penis that gets really girthy and that can uh, stay hard at all times. Yep. The stay and this is what I mean. This was interesting. The staying hard is a different thing as well. It's the, it's like a length of something that you have no change in, no sense. It's like saying, I wish I had less freckles. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you see what I mean? Yes. I think that's yeah. all so interesting, right? So, women also need to find acceptance. That's and, the, and men need to find you know works both ways. Then this is another conversation as well, but women need to find acceptance. And I think that that's definitely a journey. And the women that I work with also know, you know, that I interact with my peers and colleagues go, we're all aware that it's okay. Like if a man gets naked in front of you and he hasn't got a large penis, that's fine mm -hmm. because he can't change it. Yeah. But I think that's, it. I think that's such a, such a bigger conversation. So this also, to, you know, this is, all part of the journey the book is all part of that journey it's an understanding of everyone is normal everything you want to do is normal it's yeah. okay the two consenting adults thing the you know it's just so beautifully wrapped up and i think it was it really interesting is this is sort of talking from my my experience but recently you know going back out into the kind of dating world and talking about safety to someone having to say to someone and it comes back. I will do floop. I'm looping. I'm tangenting. Sorry, so it doesn't make sense. It's your podcast. It's funny how when you talk about safety, I have to caveat it with not just meaning safety, uh, safe sex. Right. Safety has so many other things, yes. right? And having to have that conversation before even entering entering into kind of a sexual contract with someone, that or not written. Yeah. Yeah that safety is, or we do we both feel safe to do this? Is this, you know, and that has to be done. But the fact that we live in a world where I have to say that safety doesn't just mean whether or not you wear a condom, that's tough as well, you know? So it's all of that sh we should be learning from the age of 15, that safety doesn't just mean condoms. But our sex education in this country and the US, I haven't really delved too much into Europe, but uh, to wider Europe, but it, it, it is much better mm -hmm. in lots of areas. But, like, we should be being taught that safety means both safe sex and safe sex. You know, it means that we're both in agreement you're not going to strangle me halfway through. Yeah, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It we're both in agreement that you're going to check in with me before you slap me across the face. Yeah. Is this okay? And, and we're both agreeing that you're not going to be filming this. And showing, oh, and, oh, and showing, and showing your mates, you know, yeah, in, in, in right? an hour's time. Or, or we're both in agreement that, that you're not going to tell your mates, your friends. Yeah. And then suddenly all of your girlfriends are, are going to know exactly what we've, we've been doing. And I... You know, so these, these, all these different elements of, of, of safety. Are, are just... And just to, like, get really clear, I loved the way that you spoke about that in the book, about how you spoke about that, like, level of consent and talking about other people and it works both ways. The way it was very gentle, it didn't feel very, like you're a fucking idiot if you do this. It was very like, this might happen, you know, we we eliminate that as much as we can and things like that. And I think we perhaps haven't delved into the way that you've worded it. So it'd be really interesting to hear, like to maybe take a few bits out of it because sure. the way that you spoke to people was also really powerful. It really was a, we a, we a weaving of a web, we got there, just <laughs> of saying it went from, Make sure you wash your bollocks to consent work, works both ways. And yeah, so any, I was going to kind of ask you what your favorite part was. Oh, well, and if you've yeah, got yeah. one, but it'd be good to maybe just read a couple of bits, um, I think. Okay. Uh, so, um, so in terms of the consent, so one of the chapters is consent, the reality is simple. Um, the following chapter for that one is non consensual sex when in relationships, which is basically consent isn't just about not being in relationships consent is also when you're in relationships mm -hmm. but also the a, th a third one which which a, a a friend of mine reminded me uh, I was talking to him about about the book and about consent and he he reminded me very clearly that uh, and I think you did as well it was mm -hmm. both of you around the same time it was like consent also applies to you so so um as so much so much of what is happening in the world in terms of these these guys that are assaulting 
their girlfriends or assaulting people in intimate relations and the consent is a conversation about um, whether the, the the interaction between them was consensual mm. so so the, the the big part of the conversation in the world is is whether the female consents to to sex with the male mm-hmm. it's her consent mm. but what we very rarely talk about is 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 whether we as men also can, can or, or what our consent is and if so if somebody is is really interested in uh, having sex with us and we don't want to um, so sort of being non-consensual and be, so we don't have to do that there's there is a pressure or there's an expectation um, there, one of these here I've written this here there's a large assumption about young men that if someone so much as breathes on them they'll want to have sex with them and if anyone wanted to have sex with them they would and this, this isn't just true you find yourself in positions where someone wants to be intimate with you and for whatever reason you don't want to be intimate with them. It could be you just don't fancy them, they're your friend, they're too forceful and a bit scary. To be honest, it doesn't matter the reason. The reason is irrelevant. If you don't want to have sex with someone, then say no. And as with any situation where you will reject someone's advances, be friendly about it, be nice, be kind, be careful. When we are rejected, the worst thing is to have someone then humiliate you with the way they reject you. So be careful you don't do this to others. We've all felt the uncomfortable feeling of rejection, and if you're able to spare someone else that feeling, please try to. This also holds true if you're in a relationship. If your partner is feeling amorous and you aren't, just say no. Consent goes both ways. So that's the that sense of... We just, we just have a moment of how gorgeous that is. <laughs> like, that is... It's gentle. It's clear. It's concise. It's respectful of both parties. Yes. Everyone needs this. I know I keep harping on about it. Everyone no, needs to read it. As, as much as you like. Everyone needs to read about it. Everyone needs to read this book. Everyone. I'm so excited. Can you tell? Yes. I'm like bouncing off the walls. I'm so excited that it's out. I'm so excited that you can buy it on Kindle. Yep. You can buy it on Kindle. Yes. And there's you... going to be a link underneath in this description of this um, podcast. And it'll be a link in um, on the post that I put on in all socials as well as a, a link to buy it um, through Kindle. And invitation to leave a review when you've read it and say yes, how please, amazing it is. Please, please, please leave a review. The more reviews that you get on Kindle, the just the just the, the um, exponentially impacts uh, how people see the book. So yeah. the more the more that you can, the better. One of one, okay. So one, perhaps one of the more important elements of this one, of the book, is also this next chapter here, which is actually actually a section called "Girls Like Sex Too." Um, so it was what, this idea when I was growing up that actually sex was kind of done to girls by blokes and bo- blokes in pressuring girls to have sex were dicks. So, um, and I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't know. I just I just had this attitude that... Um, uh, well, I think it's probably, there's a lot to do with like um, post-war, you know, women was to be seen and not heard a little bit. I think it was, she was there for reproduction um, and you know, housewives weren't really allowed to enjoy it. I think that's probably where it came from. Probably, um, which was, was actually a positive thing because then when I then had intimate relations with somebody, it took a while to get there, and so we were, and we were, um, you know, there was no certainly no uh, question of of whether both of us were interested in, um, mm. in in being with each other. So there's this this some. Um, so there's the, the chapter here is girls like sex too, but only consensual and when they're respected and treated properly. And then the following chapter is girls have also been sold alive by porn. And I and I think superficially young men understand where the position girls are they're, 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 um, girls of their same age are in in terms of the, the image that they've been sold by porn. I think I think kind of superficially understand but they don't really properly understand what that yeah, actually I agree. means yeah i agree um so this chapter here is is very much about um i've been talking a lot about porn has sold them a lie um and that, and that they've got to these particular ideas of, about how to move away from that and and, and focus on their partner's pleasure mm. but this is very much is about um about the position that, that that someone they're going to have an intimate relationship with is going to have had ten years of watching porn themselves mm-hmm. and watching it the women watching the women in those porn films and thinking, is that what sex is for me now? It's all lube. Side note, it's all lube. It's all like, lube. like you know, like <laughs> yeah. do you know, just, sorry, she so, doesn't get that wet. <laughs> a side side note: in in writing this book and having conversations with Terry about this book, this has been one of 
cherishes mantras, <laughs> making, making sure that I that I write the chapter of about about. It's been it was this is quite funny. Well, so yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I just think, like I thought it was so. Funny. I once watched the making of porn, right? There's loads of them on there, right? And I just forgot that like they literally they stop filming twenty times throughout to reapply lube, yeah. right? Yeah. And nobody's talking about it. Like, and don't get me wrong, we could go on a much longer journey about how when she's really turned on, she's going to be super juicy, like all of those beautiful things. You spoke a little bit about in the book, like all of those bits, all in this, you know, the second part. That's that's second mm-hmm. part. Second part yeah. Sorry, second part. And just like, yeah, all of that beautifulness, but yeah, it's lube and porn. Yeah. Right? Well, well, actually, that, that kind of comes comes to a, another chapter, which is something that you you introduced me to. Which is the um, the idea of um, non concordance, which is the the idea that actually um, uh, for for women who may be super 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 turned on, but their system will have not be showing that, but also who may well be in a in a, a an experience of being assaulted, but will be actually physiologically seem like they're super super turned on and so basically it's where your brain and your body are doing separate things and so there's another element of this i think for, for guys when guys are super super turned on but they can't get hard or when they're absolutely not turned on but they are um they're so hard that they can hardly walk yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. um so, important. so it's just a and it, this was um you introduced me to this idea yeah. and then i found this idea in the most amazing book called come as you are um, by uh, Emily Nagowski. Emily Yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal book. Um, along with buying my book, you need to buy her book. Changed uh, life. It absolutely changed. She was changed on life. Principles of Pleasure on Netflix, so she's got a much bigger following now. Yes. Well, she's she's a, just an amazing book. Nagowski. Nago- um, Nagowski. Uh, and it's about non-concordance, and it's just a really important. Uh, I've I've written it here as this is one of the most important things you'll ever read. Um, uh, and, and it's just just a really important thing to know. Um, getting sidetracked to uh, non-concordance. Um, I was just writing, make sure I put come as you are, link in the yeah. description. Yeah, so it's just a really important book. Um, amazing. So we have spoken about the fact that you need to buy this book. We've yes. spoken about who it's for. Yep. Um, we have spoken about what you might find in it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think is important for people to know before we wrap up today? Uh, start talking to each other. Mm. <laughs> um, start talking to each other. Start having the conversations that you might think are uncomfortable. Start having conversations with with your partners about uh, about the sex that you are having, that you want to be having, that that um, that you're interested in, that they might be inter- that they're interested in. Uh, we are kind of surrounded by. I think I think we're surrounded by conversations that we should be having that nobody wants to have, mm-hmm. um, and that difficult conversations sort of always end up in arguments or difficult conversations always end up in in difficult places and actually the more you talk about what you might perceive as to be challenging subjects the more you realize that actually talking about these subjects is is revelatory in terms of what what happens to Mm -hmm. you and to your to your um, to your family members or your partners or whoever you have the conversations with have the difficult conversations and and don't don't walk straight into the most difficult conversation of all. Um, take it by steps. Mm-hmm. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I need, I want my son to read that book. Um, don't uh, buy it and then badger him about it. Just be subtle about it, or have a start having a conversation about. Maybe you should have a conversation about about um, your experiences, and they might just go, Oh, I don't want to. I want to know about the sex mm-hmm. that you're having, mum or mum or dad. But actually, they they need to know that you're human and that you also have experienced challenging times with your sexual life. Start 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 find the, these conversations that you need to have and start small, and it might just be a minute of a sentence or or two sentences together to start with, that then turns into four sentences five days later, mm. that then turns into essentially what you're 
what you need to be demonstrating to them is that you're willing to listen to them and you're willing to have conversations with them when they're confused because I can guarantee you that they are um, in a world of confusion right now. Yeah. Um, when they read this book, they'll be less confused, much, much less confused, mm. but there's still going to be stuff that they're going to be asking questions about and and they need to talk to you about it. They need to be able to talk to you about it and, and it's fearful, some of this stuff. It's yeah. scary stuff. You know, yeah. launching yourself into an intimate experience with, with, with somebody can is can be can be scary. You're you are laying yourself bare, um, emotionally, physically. Uh, it's it's can be frightening, and actually they need to know that you've got them. So start having those conversations. Start sharing information and um, a bit of yourself with your kids or with with, with people. If there are conversations that you've been avoiding having for the last ten years, just start them. Yeah. Just start them because your life will be infinitely better for having done so. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you read the book and you send it to them and to your son and you say, oh, you know, I read chapter 20 today. I just wondered, did you have any thoughts on that? I didn't even know that. Did you know that? Yeah. Something like that is yeah. so easy. Absolutely. You know, and and I would invite you to play a little bit dumb because I know it all is really annoying as a parent. Um we know you know it all. <laughs> like, um, so, and, and and listen to your to your kids when they yeah. talk to you. Listen to them. Like just listen to the nuances. As just well. shut up and listen. You might want to add something. You might want to tell them all about yourself, about what you've done. Just shut up and listen. Uh, it's just really important that they feel heard. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. As always, first and foremost, thank you for having coming today. But thank you for writing such a powerful book. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for, for loving it so much and, and being such a, a champion of it. Absolutely. Um, and as I said, it will be in the link in the description. There'll be a link in the description for you to buy it on Kindle. Yeah. It's currently available purely on Kindle. Purely and that Kindle. might be saying just to say the truth. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's going to be like just electronic just yeah, to start with. Um, right. And I'm going to stick it on iBook and on Kobo, yeah, as well, yeah, and Google Books is it Google, Google Books, Books yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the link will be below. And um, where can people get in, in touch with you by email? Have you got any questions? Or anything uh, like that? I will, if you have a look on um, uh, benjamindunks.com, yeah, website, then, yeah, uh, you'll find me there. Great, because so. it you know, I, I have a feeling people will get in contact to tell you their stories. Great. That'd be great, um, please, please do, yeah, please do. and if you buy it, please, please, please leave a review, absolutely. Thank you. We'll see you at the next one. Brilliant. The next one, we've got presents to go. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Yes. Podcast three coming up. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Josh. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm thrilled to say that since recording this podcast, Ben did a soft launch online with the Kindle version of his book, and it has been received better than he ever imagined. He is now going to be publishing in paperback. And I know he would abs be absolutely thrilled for you to like, send it to your friends, families, relative, loved ones. And if you can, send a review onto the Amazon page. If you have any questions, as always, you can email me, you can email Ben. The link is in the description below and I look forward to seeing you at the next one.